Welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today we have Sheila Granger. She's a hypnotist, so don't look her in the eyes, whatever you do. Uh, (laughs) Sheila, welcome to the program. Thank you, Uma. Great to be here. So one of the things that, you know, I find intriguing is, you know, my uh, whole focus is understanding the mindset and you can understand it from uh, uh, the point of view of the average citizen. You could understand it from the point of a psychiatrist, from a neurologist and to get a, a different perspective. I'm so excited to be talking about this with you because you're a hypnotist and you look at it from a different lens altogether. Welcome to the program, and why don't you do a brief introduction of uh, what's a nice girl like you doing in an occupation like this? Yeah, <laughs> um, indeed. Um, probably, like a lot of hypnotists and, and people in life, really, in general, is, you know, when we're at school, we have an idea sometimes of what we want to be. And sometimes we don't have any idea at all, do we? Uh, yes. And my idea when I was a little girl is I wanted to be a journalist. Um, and But anyway, that never happened. Um, I never kind of followed that path. Uh, but I, um, you know, my background, I actually worked for, believe it or not, for the government for 20 years um, as a fraud investigator. But it was a huge people-watching exercise, really. Um, uh, you know, why is it that we end up doing what we do or why do we make the choices we make? And so I've had this interest in, well, how is it that people think, you know, what really makes us tick? Yeah, human um, behavior, intriguing. Exactly. Um, you know, I like nothing better than to sit outside a, a coffee shop, you know, watching people. <laughs> um, you know, it, in a good way, not a creepy way. It it is, in okay, way. Not in a creepy way, just let me get that clear. <laughs> <laughs> not like I've just become your latest stalker. Um way uh but yeah human behavior is fascinating and i uh, going back 15 years now um i saw a hypnosis training course thought that might be interesting and uh so went along and and really what you learn with hypnosis um there's a lot of nlp principles behind it you know what makes people tick but why didn't they teach me that at school (laughs) that's what i want to know I didn't learn that stuff at school because how different would our lives have been if we understood at a younger age, well, how can I use my mind and the way I think to the in, to the best advantage for myself? Yeah. I mean, just think about it. You've got a kid who uh, uh, really hates mathematics. I'm no good at it. I'm terrible at it, but I have to do it to get into university uh, what if they could do self-hypnosis or go to Sheila and all of a sudden they realize that uh, you can learn mathematics easily. And just having that new belief implanted opens up a new world of opportunities. And I agree. Uh, all this, these kinds of techniques should be taught in elementary school. If that was happening, bullying, which is like a, a, a pretty you know important issue, uh, all of that would go away because part of bullying is – uh, Sheila, if I say horrible things to you and you don't react, then I go somewhere else. And if you had the ability to uh, decide how you act or feel, you could just say uh, elsewhere, bully, and the bully's like, goes and 
the need to bully comes from something missing within. And if they could actually get that, then they wouldn't bully in the first place. So yeah, it would change the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of um, a lot of work um, a number of years ago now in schools and colleges in my local area. And it was predominantly around exam stress. And what was really interesting was because, it, it, you know, with teenagers, you know, it's the first time you got that mm. kind of spotlight effect on you, haven't you? When the number of clients I work with for all sorts of different issues, who actually the first time they felt real pressure or anxiety was when they had, they went, they go back in their mind to actually a school exam. Um, yeah. and, and that has stayed with them all that time throughout, throughout life. You know, it's maybe triggered that anxiety in, in a longer term. And so I went and did some work with schools and colleges and uh, really kind of um, taught the, the students how to perform at their best when it mattered most. You know, what are the resources in our own mind that we can tap into um, to, to enable things in, in the right direction for us to, to, to be our best? And um, the local newspaper did a feature on this. Um, you know, hypnotist goes into schools. And it actually led to a radio interview. Um, nice. The radio to begin with was saying, "Is it right? Is it right that schools are paying hypnotists to go in and hypnotise the kids?" Um, but actually, by the end of that interview, the presenter completely came round to the way of thinking. With actually, this is a really good thing to do um, because yeah. people have this people have this uh, perception, don't they, of hypnosis? You know, it's like. Like, you know, um, all they see the stage hypnosis and they think, oh, no, that's not quite right. So not so much that. I I don't think it's not so much that. It's like, you're going to make me bark like a dog is something I hear or cluck like a chicken. And that's the thing is that you will have this power over me and I'll lose myself. And we'll talk about hypnotism in a minute. But I wanted to go back to something earlier you said. You've got a kid that's got uh, this anxiety around testing. And let's say it's something like uh, totally useless, like French or whatever, in their mind, that's not, much, not so much the issue is once you get that uh, I'm not good enough thing, then your mind starts looking for validation for that. Not to say that doesn't make sense. It starts looking for other ways to validate that I'm not good enough. And so yeah. then it starts becoming bigger and scarier. And it gets so big and scary that we don't go anywhere near it. We just say, okay, I'm going to live a small life and I'm not going to do anything new that creates this. And one of the things that hypnosis does is very much goes in and uh, allows you to change the meaning of that event. The event still happened, but the meaning you make get becomes different. And then your mind starts looking for validation for that meaning. And the meaning could be, I am incredibly attractive to women, which may not be true, but if I hold on to it, there's hope for me. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, one of the kind of simple techniques um, that, you know, even sports mm-hmm. professionals will use, you know, if you think of, um, you know, a sports team who have just gone and they played a match and it was dreadful. Um, you know, they, they, they lost, they um, missed penalties, they all of those things, all terrible things happen. And, you know, you're going to go away with a really bad feeling about that. And mm. that's going to, certainly in the sports world, um, you know, dent confidence massively. Um, so when you go out again, you've kind of got these uneasy feelings and then we don't perform very well again. And it kind of, you know, you hear of teams being on a losing streak. Um, oh, yeah. Certainly in football terms in the UK, you know, we hear t- teams on a losing streak. Um, but when you look at what's really happened is their skill set hasn't changed. 
but how they feel about it is completely altered. So yeah. you know, one of the things you know they may do is in their own mind rewind that technique, that that same in, incidence, but see it in a different way, a bit like pathological lying. Okay, this I'm going to pretend in my own mind that it actually went exactly how I wanted it to go, and I was brilliant and. And again, it immediately flips the feelings and it sets us up in a different way going forward. Absolutely. We tend another to, way to, oh, please yeah, finish the thought. Yeah, we, we tend to very much in life focus on what we don't want rather than what we do. So, you know, if mm. we want to lose weight, we tend to focus on, oh, look at the figure on the scales and getting fatter, um, you know, which creates bad feelings in us and then, if we've linked food to emotions and we want to eat some more and um, to bury that emotion down to kind of soothe our soul, if you like. And so looking at that sports example, like, so one way is just rewrite history is to see it in a different way. And the other way could be is to change the meaning around it. It's like, Oh yeah, I could have passed to my teammate, but I went this way. Uh, the lesson this was such a gift doing that. Now I can see it. The lesson is be aware of where my teammates are. And so it could be that you rewire it totally, or it could be that you just learn lessons from it. And it allows you to be more aware of that next time. And uh, what's the blessing is you get into a winning streak, which is the exact same uh, process, but just in a more positive way. There was, um, you know, when I first started off as a hypnotist, you know, I used to do a lot of things just in my community just to help mm. people i mean it's a lot of the time we're going out just to help people um you know you want to make a difference in in somebody's life and i had a lady she come to me for weight loss but she was married to a football coach mm -hmm. uh, and he was a coach of a little teenager's football team and she was just telling me one day after the session that um they wanted to move up the league with this team but at the weekend they were going to be playing a team of big lads who had the previous time they played them had annihilated them 11-1 was the score mm. they completely beat like that so she said they're going into this game thinking what's the point we're gonna lose what's the point um you know we know what happened last time we went to play them so what's the point so i said look i'll come and do a couple of sessions with them just see if i can help a bit give them some pointers um, and so I, I really taught them about focusing on winning images. Um, we did some pre-competition routines, you know, kind of mental rehearsal around nice. this. We did a little bit of focus, where our focus lies, you know, think of a teenager, the ball's not near them, what am I going to think about? I wonder what I'm having for my tea tonight. What's he looking right. at over there? Um, you know, and in that split second, we've given, you know, somebody a competitive advantage, haven't we? Um, you know, was it David Beckham lost the World Cup for England, I think, because of a loss, loss of focus in a, a, a mm. period of time. So um, anyway, so I, I did a little bit, not very much, just a little bit of mind training, if you like. Um, right. With, uh, which I view hypnosis as a lot of the time is we're training somebody's mind in a different, more beneficial direction. And they went to play this game. And I actually went to watch them. And I'm not a big football person, even mm. though I'm from England. You know, I'm not a big football person, but I went to watch them play. Um, the score was 5-4. So they still lost, but the score was 5-4. A big difference from 11-1. Mm. 
Huge, absolutely. Um, and, um, and interestingly enough, my local paper came and did a little piece on these these kids. Nice. So they were happy because they were in the paper. They were happy. They were in the news. Um, the that kind of led to um, the biggest selling newspaper in the UK picking the story up and interviewing me <laughs> about the European Football Championships. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, which was quite hilarious as I know absolutely nothing about football. Um, but um, but I do know about mindset and how we focus our attention on things. So, you know, it, it can really create shifts in our world if we absolutely. learn how to, you know, um, focus So why don't you give your, your definition of what hypnosis is? I'll toss in mine. And then let's focus on, you know, that most basic thing, our bodies and gaining weight and losing weight and how hypnosis could help. So let's start off by uh, framing what hypnosis is. I mean, I just simply view hypnosis in a really simplistic term, really, in that we are focusing attention on something. Now, with some um, people define it as also as a state of relaxation. Um, I think the relaxation almost comes as a secondary to the hypnosis. So. Mm. You know, you um, see people on a stage show, you know, uh, running around looking like chickens. They are not particularly relaxed, are they? But they are in hypnosis. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, we are focusing somebody's attention on something and um, amplifying that focus. So I'll add my thing to it. But please, you know, uh, comment on it uh, so we get like a, a good definition. My definition of hypnosis would be is when we quieten the conscious mind that allows us to focus on what's most important and also access some of the powers of the unconscious mind. Because if we don't do that, the chatter, what a, uh, do I have a date tonight? What's happening here? Is the hypnotist going to do something good? Can I be hypnotized? All that stuff happens. So uh, comments on kind of my definition of it and how it kind of aligns with yours. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, conscious, subconscious mind, if you like, they are a construct, if you like. Yes. But, and it can be a really great way of explaining it to people in simplistic terms. You know, we all do things consciously, you know, consciously, I'm going to go on and do this. And, but there's also a little bit of automation that's going on behind everything. Um, you know, all experience has structure. We haven't woken up today. Uh, just by in the position we're in, we've had a number of life experiences behind us that's made us the person we are today with the habits that we've got today. Um, so if we can quieten things down, um, like I say, the little chatterbox in somebody's head, yes, um, to allow that focus. I mean, I often say to my clients before I start the hypnosis, um, you know, when we're doing this session today, you'll probably find at the very beginning you will have a little chatterbox in your head. Mm -hmm. And that little chatterbox will be saying, am I hypnotised? Am I not hypnotised? Is this working? Well, I hope it's working. I'm paying all this money for this programme. I hope it's working. Um, am I hypnotised now? Well, I'm hypnotised now. Um, and But eventually, that little chatterbox will stop, you know. Um, and then we're then drifting into this wonderful state of hypnosis, which most people do describe it as the most relaxed, they felt in their entire life. Absolutely. And before we go into like weight loss and our relationship with the body, a quick word from our sponsor. And if you look up in that direction there, you'll see a QR code 
And this is an app that allows you to decide how you act or feel in any situation. This is Mindset Boosters. If you're ready to let go of anxiety, let go of uncertainty, let go of doubt, Mindset Boosters gives you the ability to decide how you act and feel in any situation. Ready to take charge of your mindset? Go to MindsetBoosters.com. So in order to have life, we need uh, oxygen, we need water, and we need food. And uh, food is such an elemental definition of who we are as a people. Uh, we have national dishes. Uh, when we ha- gather family, there's always a feast. I mean, it's so linked in to who we are and uh, where we go to eat and what we do that we define ourselves through our occupation and also through our food. And uh, since we're eating all the time, it uh, links up with the emotions that we're feeling and how we feel about ourselves. So it's a very complex thing. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing that. Uh, kind of your thoughts on, you know, why weight loss? Why weight is such an issue for us? Uh, and also why weight loss is so darn difficult to accomplish? Mm. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's so true, isn't it? In that, you know, it, it's simplistic in a way. You know, if you want to lose weight, you know, what do people say to us? What do the doctors say? Well, eat less and exercise more. Um, if only it was so simple, we'd all just do that, wouldn't we? And if it wasn't for mindset, if it wasn't for mindset, that is the formula for weight loss. Yeah. Is simply that. But the mind gets in the way. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, consciously, you know, I I do this about many things myself, you know. Every Sunday night we can think, this week is going to be different. I'm gonna get a grip. It's just Get a grip this next week. Um, I'm going to, you know, eat healthily during the day. Um, I'm going to go to the gym every night. I'm not going to have that glass of wine. Um, I'm not going to get that snack out in front of the TV. And when we say those things, we mean them. We do mean it. Um, you absolutely. know, when I say these things, we absolutely mean it. But then what do, what happens? Uh, Monday morning comes, the everyday demands of everyday living a place upon us, so we almost forget to a certain extent as well. I forgot I meant to do that. So we forget about it because we've just gone into automation again. Um, that set of habits that are just um, running our life. You know, if you think of naturally thin people, um, do they ever overeat? Yeah, of course they do. Um, do they ever eat chocolate? Yeah, of course they do. And they um, show off. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But what they, the difference is, you know, they might go out, you know, and have a blowout one night with some friends, but the next day they're back to a set of habits that they kind of live mm. their life back that work. Um, and so, you know, it, it comes down to our habits and our associations. And people think that habits are really hard to break. They think, oh, that's going to be really difficult to overcome that because I've done it for so long. I've done that all of my life. But really, habits can change very quickly. You know, I always link it back to, you know, I'm not sure where um, what happened where you are, Uma, but, you know, when the pandemic hit in the UK, yes. we very quickly formed new habits. So here in the UK, when there was the very first lockdown, we all decided to bake. 
Mm. We're all going to bake cakes because we're staying. We're going to bake cakes and we're going to bake bread and then we're going to eat them. Um, you know, you can imagine what that did for people's um, mm. weight. So the second lockdown came and people thought, oh, it's going to change my habits. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to get fitter. So all these people were walking about on a one hour. They could, they could go out, you know, it's all going to walk about. And um, But the third lockdown came and then everybody was like, you know, I can't really be bothered to do anything. I'm just going to sit in my house. I'm going to have a beer every day at four o'clock instead of seven o'clock. I'm going to have it at four o'clock. Well, those habits stayed, you know, mm. the, and they were very hard for people to break again afterwards. So habits tend to form, can form very quickly, but just as quickly as it can form, imagine if you can, you know, change that habit as quickly. Back yeah. to something that's more better. Let's pause there just for a second. We'll come back to this. Something that you had said earlier is, you know, on Sunday evening, we make a promise to ourselves that we mean that, uh, you know, this week's going to be different. And here's the interesting part for me is this, is that when we lie to somebody else, uh, there's a certain impact on us when we do that. But when we lie to ourselves, it has a huge impact. And when we say, I am going to change my habits this week and we don't, I think it has uh, hits us uh, at a level of uh, uh, self-confidence that we may mask with uh, bravado, that it uh, proves to us, it validates old beliefs that nothing's going to change. I don't have the strength. That uh, So talk to me about when we break promises to ourselves, what's the impact of that on our relationship with weight? I think um, that is just one element of it. Um, you know, like with weight loss, you know, it, it, let's imagine that somebody's got, you know, quite a lot of weight to lose because with weight, it says so much about, you know, it does impact our confidence so much, our um, identity um, as a person. Um, you know, maybe he's always been identified as Big John. You know, mm. what if Big John lost weight? Uh, you know, what? That was a bit of impact on his identity there as well. So, Which is huge, um, yeah. you know, that can kind of change things as well. Um, but you know, we say we mean it when we um, make that promise, and then we don't achieve it. We think, oh, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm capable of that. Right. And then we start making a lot of self-affirmations. We're also really good at making excuses as human beings as well for why we are like we are. Um, you know, well... You must um, be mom through genetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, well, I'm like this. Or I'm going to find it really difficult because I'm going through the menopause or I've reached a certain age or um, I'm like this because I've got an underactive thyroid and a metabolic disorder. But we're all capable of change. And... You know, it's worth remembering that, you know, when you get up in the morning, you catch a reflection in the mirror, you know, the person staring back at you is capable of achieving anything that you choose. Um, the person staring back at you is a person of value and self-worth. Um, and it's worth reminding ourselves of those things. What's interesting is this, uh, Sheila, let's say you were going to lose some weight and you were having difficulty with it. And I was just one of your mates. Sheila, you can do that. You got this. And the level of support, encouragement that we would give that person that we truly, deeply feel 
when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we are not as kind to ourselves as we would be to a mate. And we don't give that advice to ourselves. We are like, uh, you are such a loot that self that's so toxic. So, so talk to me about how, what's the first, uh, hypnotic experience you give people, uh, that gets them on the path of weight loss. So walk me through a journey of the first hello to you, to doing the first session, to walking us through. Think of a particular client and don't name names uh, and uh, walk us through that process. Yeah. Okay. So so often what we tend to say is that, well, I just want to lose weight. Um, hmm. We don't have a kind of a really strong why. Um, you know, we're only going to change if we're uncomfortable enough. And, you know, lots of people will say to me, you know, well, I want to lose weight because of health reasons. Well, I personally don't come across many people where the change will happen if it's just about health. We all know that. The doctors tell us that. doesn't make any difference to us. Yeah. I um, want to be there for know, my grandkids' wedding is yeah. like sometimes a big why for someone. If I'm overweight, yeah. I'm going to die before that. Yeah. yeah. And the, the health reason will be secondary, though. Um, it's mm. about how we feel about ourselves as a person. And it's about having a, a very a goal that's achievable to start with. You know, I'm sure that you probably talked about goal setting with people before. Um, but, you know, we've got to make this a little bit time bound. Okay, so I'll say, okay, have you got something coming up in the next few months where you can think, Do you know, I'd like to be that size by then. Mm. And that being realistic. So this isn't about, um, you know, dropping three stone in a week. Um this is about bringing about some habits that somebody can live with that's going to, as a lucky side effect, ultimately lose weight as well. Um, so, you know, so if I can get you to lose, uh, we work in stones and pounds in the UK, if I can get you to lose two pounds a week without feeling like you're dieting, without feeling like you're being deprived, would you be happy with that? And anyway, yeah, that's absolutely great. I'd love that. Um, so, um, so when somebody's got that, goal in mind okay i want you to go and buy something new that you're going to wear when you've achieved that first goal now that might be linked to a special occasion so maybe it is a wedding anniversary maybe it is a vacation go and mm. buy that suit now you know uh, it has to it has to be something new because cat we tend to if we want to lose weight we've got lots of clothes in our wardrobe that we want to get back into but we've already got those things in our life so we don't strive to achieve it so let's just start with, start visualizing and imagining becoming the person we want to be, as opposed to the Love person it. we want. Um, you know, um, if you've got a, like for a gentleman, for example, I had one guy, he liked, he liked going out on his motorbike. That was his thing. So right. he bought a motorbike jacket in the size he wanted to be, wearing that jacket in the summer on his bike. Um, it meant something to him. Um, so, uh, and then when you've got that outfit, we want, we need constant reminders. So we don't forget, you know, we do, you know, cause we're, we said Monday morning comes, forget all those promises that were made to ourselves cause life gets in the way. So we need right. some remind, reminders going on about what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, what it is we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, and you know, we've all got these devices, um, mm. you know, Take a photograph of that thing you want to be wearing. Have it as a screensaver on your phone. So we get these constant reminders going on about, you know, 
is we're going to start eating to become the person we want to be. Yeah, so let's pause you right there. Uh, that's like totally genius in terms of, number one, they're taking actions in the right direction. Number two, that item becomes almost like a talisman of that future self. Whereas if it's just a thought, it's a thought. But if they went out and they spent uh, 200 pounds to buy that jacket, they got skin in the game as well. So it kind of operates on many levels that are really, really positive. And uh, so love that. So once you do that and you get them to buy the dress, then what's that first session like? So then um, we're going to put in some um, realistic changes. So I always say, you know, even though we're going to do a hypnosis and hypnosis can certainly produce magical results, um, mm. it, you know, any change does require a little bit of conscious effort. So if you make a bit of conscious effort as well, it amplifies the results. Um, so one of the things that I sometimes get people to do on the first session, you know, we all have seen the stuff about virtual gastric, uh, sorry, about gastric band procedures. Yes. Um, or we've even seen probably the latest thing is about the weight loss jab. Um, so what if I was to get somebody in hypnosis to imagine surgery or an actual gastric band? Mm. Now, it's not about making somebody think they've had surgery. What I'm going to really do is get somebody to focus. Okay, what is my stomach telling me as opposed to the head and my eyes? Because if we right. all eat with our stomachs, or not our heads and our eyes, we'd all be where we should be, realistically. We'd only be putting into our body what it actually needs as opposed to eating for other reasons. Um, with, What's kind of interesting is they, there's a book called Mindless Eating, and they, uh, one of their uh, uh, thoughts was that the, the stomach does not have a, a full gauge, that it takes a while to figure that out. And the visual cues are really important. And they do this exercise where they have this really nice uh, centerpiece on this table with uh, a square table where four people can sit all around it. And two, the, everybody has a bowl of soup. But two of the soups have tubes coming in at the bottom, and this nice little decorative centerpiece has soup in it. So their bowls never actually empty. They stay full all the time. And the other two people, as they eat their soup, it goes down. And the people that the soup doesn't go down, they actually eat 20% more till their stomach says, I'm full. So, yeah, so having that is, yeah. like, uh, crucial. Having, having those visual reminders um, really just helps. So... Like I had one lady, she used to um, carry around a little um, satsuma orange in a bag mm. and she put a rubber band around it. So that was imaginary gastric band. And, oh, wow. and she put it on the table in front of her when she was eating because she was going to eat to that. Um, and it was just that constant, as I, I mentioned earlier about reminders, it's having that constant reminder, whatever makes us conscious you know people say you know oh, do i hypnotize people into a trance to get them to lose weight and the mm. reality is i'm going to hypnotize them out of the trance and mm. um, if you think about it with um, our eating habits a lot of the damage that we do is what we do in a trance what we do right. mindlessly so um like a lot of people i work with they're already eating healthily they are eating healthily 
you know, we tend to, you know, put stereotypical things that if people are over eat, overweight, then they're eating rubbish and they're, you know, um, but a lot of the time it's not a case of that. Sometimes people are eating healthfully, but on some level we're still putting too much. Or people can say, you know, I'm really good during the day, but when I get in and I've had my dinner and I sit down and I put the television on, then I go and get the snacks. That's what I'm oh, what's in the cupboard? What can I have to eat? Um, and they do all the damage at that point. So it's right. at that point we slip into the trance. So as a hypnotist, really I'm looking at what are the patterns, eating patterns or trances that I need to interrupt and replace with something that's more beneficial. Uh, sounds um, brilliant because uh, a lot of what we do is uh, unconscious. And, you know, everybody's had the experience of driving home and not realizing that you did so. But you were perfectly safe and you did all the right things, but you were like uh, mentally checked out. And the same thing with food because it also – is a narcotic, especially mm. if you're eating the right food. It's just, you feel so good. <laughs> it makes you lose yourself more. Yeah. And also what's the frame sometimes that we're putting around certain foods. So, you know, some people might have to say, is there any particular foods that get in the way? So for some people they might say, you know, well, if I could just stop eating bread, if I could just stop eating chocolate, um, then, you know, uh, I could stop going for the cookies then, you know, I'd be a lot better. So then I might put um, a bit of a Band-Aid on that particular mm. food and frame it in a different way to what's really going on here. So make me, um, give so, me an example, a real example of somebody, it was this food and this is how I reframed it. Okay. So just out of interest then, um, is there any food, Uma, that you'd like to eat less of? Uh, let's say uh, potato chips. Potato chips, okay. Especially something salt and vinegar that's really like hits the senses. Yeah. Because if, so, if I don't put it in a bowl and do portion control, I'll eat half the bag, easy. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Okay. So then, um, is there um, and, and how would it be beneficial to you if you were eating less of those? Uh, it would make me feel good about myself. It mm -hmm. would uh, be better for my diet. It would, uh, yeah, impact in, the, in a lot of ways, in a lot of subtle ways that are important to me. Okay, excellent. Um, is there any food just out of interest that you really couldn't eat? Like, I mean, I always remember when I was a little girl, uh, my mum, one of the things that she used to cook for us was something called belly pork. And I mm. can still see it sitting under the grill, but the worst of it was was I could you could still see the hairs of the animal. On ah, the that would do it. Yeah. So, like, ugh, couldn't eat that. Could never eat that again to save my life. Um, is there anything that you so couldn't me, eat? Uh, anything pork would be something I would not consume. All right. And okay. Like, Why would definitely want to do that? Yeah. What What is it about pork that you couldn't consume? Oh, it's just a religious background. Like I was never religious, but some you know. I womanize, I do drugs, I do this. But that one thing that just stuck always was uh, not eating pork. Right, okay, okay. Um, all right, okay. So are you ready to play along with me, Uma? I am, I love this. Are we going to do something about these uh, potato chips? All for your own... Well, crisps, um, for the British audience, uh, we're talking about crisps. Yes, crisps. yes. Um, so, uh, 
what I'd like you to do then um, is just kind of really, well, if you were to imagine in your mind, Uma, uh, the most relaxing place where every time you think about it, it always evokes feelings of relaxation, mm-hmm. good feeling. Got it. What, what kind of place is that for you? It's that couch right over there on the other side of the room. All right, okay. <laughs> um, so if you just, um, if you go ahead and just close your eyes down for me mm-hmm. and um, just imagine that you're sitting on that couch for a moment. Mm-hmm. Feel it underneath you, you know exactly how it feels being there. Um, and, um, and then while you're just imagining being on that couch, um, I want you to imagine something else for me, Uma. I'd like you to imagine that by your side right now is this big empty bucket, a big empty vat, if you like. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to imagine if any and all of your bits and bobs of excess body fat were dripped and drained away into that bucket, what that fat would look like. You could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so I'm going to ask you some really simple, non-intrusive questions. You'll find you'll be able to answer them still remain. Pretty relaxed. So um, that fat in that bucket, what colour is it? It's uh, yellowish. Yellowish, okay. And um, what's the consistency? Is it smooth? Is it lumpy? What would it be, the consistency? Uh, liquid with lumpy bits in it that don't look oh, appetizing. Dear. Oh, dear. So liquidated in lumpy bits in that yellow fat. And if you could... If you could smell it, Uma, if you could smell the fat in that bucket, what would it smell like if you could smell it? A bit rancid. A bit rancid, okay. So that yellow, rancid, liquidy, lumpy, uh, smelling fat in that bucket. I want you to imagine something else for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to imagine you've got that bag of um, potato chips. And before you put that potato chip into your mouth, I want you to imagine dipping it into that bucket. Get I knew you were going to do that. You're an evil woman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to mention that. Blob of that fat on. And notice the um, the yellow of that fat, the liquidy, the lumpy, mm-hmm. the oh, the oh, the rancid oh, smelling. And it becomes soggy, so there's no crispiness left. It's disgusting. Yeah, I can see it. Okay, good. Um. So I want you to let that imagery just fade away from your mind. I want you to imagine one other thing for me. I want you to imagine that in front of you, you have two plates. On one plate are some potato chips. I might be a bit soggy now, who knows? But anyway, there's some potato chips there. And on the other plate, there's some pork. Mm. I want you to imagine taking a knife and fork, cutting that pork up, and then mixing it bit by bit in with all crisps getting a mm. bit more pork and mixing more and more in. So it's all mixed together. And when you've done that, when it's all mixed all, mi- oh, all mixed together, I just want you to nod your head Okay. So from this moment forward, you can easily choose the foods that are more beneficial to you. Mm. You can choose to say walk away from those so what's kind of interesting as soon as you had me mixing the uh the bacon bits with the uh potato chips there was a instant visceral feeling in my gut that was not pleasant 
like immediately mm. came in there. So it was a reaction to it. So yeah, very powerful. Mm. Mm. So how did your self interest, how do you feel about um, potato chips now? Uh, I can see a difference. It's not like I, uh, there's a bag later on this evening. Oh, now that feeling's back, that negative feeling. I'd yeah. be disinclined to have it. Mm. And uh, thanks a lot. Our sponsor is Lay's Potato Chips, and they, they're going to actually <laughs> stop promoting it. Thanks a lot, Sheila. <laughs> no, it just shows you uh, well, two things there. Number one, it shows you the power we all have of uh, changing how we feel about things. And just as importantly, Somebody else could have taken me through this exercise, uh, Sheila, and it would have been like, uh, uh, that's okay. So the mastery of the practitioner, like your mastery, is equally as important. And, and it kind of leads to that uh, subject of trust. So mm. if I don't trust you, Sheila, and you do the same thing that you did, it wouldn't be as effective. And... Yeah. Because we're going through this process and I trust you, I can leverage some of your trust in me and also go on that journey as well. So it's just not only a matter of the incantations you used is who's doing it, the rapport you've developed, and my relationship to you determines how well this whole thing works. Yeah. And so yes. you do it masterfully. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's very important that, you know, if people look to go and work with a, a hypnotist on an issue that they've got, that they they do feel some um, rapport and they feel at ease with that person. And um, um, that they feel at ease with that person. Um, because right. otherwise, yeah, it's not going to be as effective. You're not going to... Um, for want of a better expression, drop your guards so that that person can actually help you access your own resources. So, you know, um, what hypnotist does is look, so, okay, what resources has this person got to fix themselves? You know, what can... Um, what resources do they have that we can utilize? Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. people um, feel powerless and helpless when they're not. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, completely. Um, so let me tell you, and, tell and you about a point. Oh, go ahead, Sheila, you finish first. So, you know, a lot of the time, um, people don't realize that they have got the resources already within them somewhere to um, to utilize and to put into an area of the life. Um, because they've already done it in some area of the life somewhere else. Um, it's just that at the time we've got the issue or the problem, we can't work out how to access that resource. It comes back to the trust again in the practitioner that mm. the trust in the practitioner allows them to see that resource that in the past they would have looked at it and go, well, pff, that doesn't matter. And because they trust in you, they go, oh, yeah, that would be a very useful thing. And you didn't talk about a resource. You just used it. And then you proved to me, hmm, that you had this thing and it's really powerful. So let me add to that. I had this client come in once and she had tried everything to lose weight and she'd gotten to a certain level, couldn't go beyond it. And I said, okay, tell me about a time where you beat yourself about uh, the weight that you have. Because it happens all the time. But yeah, it was like uh, this past Sunday, I was in the bedroom by myself, was getting dressed, saw myself in the mirror. And I was like, you know, rah, 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 rah. and I said, okay, go back to that moment and see what you saw your body in the mirror. 
and hear whatever you heard, uh, silence in the room or whatever was happening, music in the background. And then what were you feeling and where were you feeling it? And for her, it was a feeling like right near the heart that felt really uncomfortable. And using a tool from NLP, you can take that feeling and go back to the first time you felt it. And for her, her husband, her love of her life, had to be rushed to Boston, Massachusetts. And the surgeon was going to do whatever surgery he was going to do. And he came into their room and said, look, the surgery is pretty uh, intense. And you're going to lose about 60 pounds of weight through this surgery. And uh, that's just normal. And then we'll have to build you back up after the surgery. And she was there listening to this and the love of her life. And she said internally, not on my watch. And she made sure he ate properly and he lost not 60 pounds and went down to about uh, 35. But she started eating to help him. And she linked eating to saving his life. And so when we decoded why she eats now, he went back to that moment of not on my watch. And we disconnected that. And then the other techniques helped lose the weight uh, very quickly. So talk to me about those internal beliefs about self and self-preservation. Because sometimes people eat as a way of uh, protecting themselves from uh, the outside world. And it's there for a reason. And it could have been a childhood experience that was pretty traumatic or a childhood experience that was perfectly fine. And the meaning they made out of it ended up this. So talk to me about those internal defining beliefs and also using hypnosis to change behaviors. How do you balance the two? I mean, sometimes, you know, um, what we've got to remember is everybody's different and unique with the mm. different experiences in the life. So with some of us, we've literally just formed a set of habits. Mm. Um, we need to, we'll need to try and set a new set of habits. Um, with other people, we really, there may be something, um, you know, we've maybe put weight on for layers of protection. Um, you know, sometimes with ladies, when they've been younger and they've attracted too much, they feel like they've attracted too much male attention, for example. Yes. They maybe, well, I'm going to make sure I'm not as attractive then. Um, and that is kind of an inner belief system where your body's like, well, you're going to lose any weight. You know what happens then? Um, because we've still got the same, um, we're running a program, if you like, for when we were 17 years old, but we're now like 60. You know, we're still running the 17-year-old program. Mm. Um, or it could be, like you say, that it goes further back into time. I remember working with a lady. She was a... Um, she was actually a medical doctor, um, a GP, as we would call them in the UK, a general practitioner. And she um, tried to lose weight for years and years and years and years and years. Um, and, you know, couldn't manage to do it, um, even though she was somebody who gave out advice to other people and she couldn't kind of seem to do it for herself. She also, for somebody who was in such good standing, if you like, in the community, always had an uneasy feeling that she wasn't good enough. Yep. Um, 
um, even though, you know, consciously you could think, but this doesn't make any sense at all. You know, you go to all these groups, all these people listen to you, you know, on what possible level do you think you're not good enough? But she had an uneasy feeling that she wasn't good enough, which she then used food to soothe, bury that feeling. Let me soothe my soul in some way. And I'll use food to do it. You know, some people might use drugs, some people might use alcohol, but, you know, we soothe our soul. Um, taking her back to the very first time she felt like that, she went to being five years old. Wow. It was her first day at school. And they had a, um, a gym class on the first day at school. And this teacher had asked them, or they had to do two things. They had to climb up a rope. I couldn't do that, to be honest with you. They had to climb up a rope and blow up a balloon. And she couldn't do either of these things. And the teacher had really berated her and said, well, you know, everybody else can do it. You know, what's, what's your problem? You're useless. Um, um, you know, everybody else can do it. And that feeling of, I'm not good enough, that it is a little seed then. And what happens with little seeds sometimes is they start growing, don't they? Every time. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it can start to go into different areas. So, yeah, there was food, might be in our career, what we... And, and, just, gonna, and just to give a uh, voice to that, because I think it's an important point, is I'm not good enough. It's uh, uh, mom's handing out uh, uh, games and she hands out the game second to you. And then all of a sudden it validates that belief. If you didn't have that belief, it just mean, hey, I got my game. That's so exciting. Then it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. If she loved me more, she'd give it to me first, which is furthest thing from the – then we start changing reality to fit our I'm not good enoughness. So, yeah, absolutely. And also sometimes I think it's worth, um, you know, remembering as well that um, – we can drive our I'm not good enough feelings actually in a positive way. They don't always have to be negative, self-destruct ways. It's like how Something can we make friends, you know, how can we make friends with the uneasy feelings and rather than see them as, you know, a horrible thing, something that can actually drive us forward. So um on a on a very personal level, um I've always had a um a, you know, a feeling, if you like, that I am not good enough. I can consciously, completely analyse where that has come from. Um, I was um, adopted when I was born, so conscious, you know, subconsciously, like in my mind, I wasn't good enough when I was born. Yes. So, um, you know, so I've always had this uneasy feeling. But actually, um, that feeling has served me very well. Um, because it's actually made me go out and do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Because on some level, you're kind of on a mission to prove that you are. Um, now, you know, some people might say, oh, surely you want to get yourself sorted out with that. You'd be much better if you didn't have that. I'm not going to let that go for anybody because right. it serves so it's well in too. that direction. Yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes, even though we might have them, it's you know, what are the tools that we've got and that we're using that are useful and what are the tools that we've got that we need to reframe in some way? And there's a few masters of the universe, quite a few, that uh, uh, have felt that they're useless and it's uh, 
got them to prove otherwise. It's like, I'll show you. And they go out and they build uh, these massive companies. So just something for teachers, we part company. I think part of teachers training has to be is that in their teacher class, they need to say something negative and then they get electrocuted uh, because the number of times I've heard teachers saying, uh, the, you're worthless or you'll never amount to much and how it's impacted someone for the rest of their lives by them being careless in their thoughts is, is just staggering because most teachers are there to help kids and just some of them are just uh, say things that they don't think are powerful but can negatively impact someone for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, if we want to change a really simple way to change some of our thoughts is, you know, if you think of television advertising, it mm. trains our brain in 30-second blinks. Um, so, like, I was recounting the other day some TV advertising and I was saying kind of the first bit of the advert or the first bit of the jingle. You know, you all have these annoying jingles oh, in yeah. your head from some advert and you can recount all of it, can't you? Um, and what it's done is it's trained your brain on repetition in 30-second blinks. If that is so powerful, why aren't we doing it ourselves? Why aren't we using that as a beneficial tool for ourselves? So, you know, again, we've all got these things. Um, why don't we record you know, um, some positive statements for ourselves, you know, um, and I always eat healthily, I'm going to look after my body, I'm going to really enjoy exercising, whatever your thing may be, and play it to yourself multiple times a day. Yep, it'll, I think it's... Uh, just become like TV advertising. Absolutely, I think going back uh, to kind of go full circle is when you look at that dress that you promised yourself you're going to fit into and you see yourself in that dress uh it's also the same thing you just kind of go okay i can see there people are going to comment and say oh, sheila you look amazing have you lost weight no no i haven't uh, but thank you anyway or, or whatever so yeah it's we've got this amazing gift and uh sheila you have a a lot of clients and also a lot of coaches that use your methodology uh how can people get a hold of you yeah, so um, I always love to hear from people. Um, so my web address is um, www.sheilagranger.com. Um, and I'm also, you know, on Facebook, WhatsApp. You know, if you go on my Facebook page, Sheila Granger, people can WhatsApp me. Um, I'm always happy to give any advice that I possibly can. Um, you know, ultimately, it's all about, you know, making a difference, isn't it? Brilliant. Before we part company, is there a question you have for me? me on the spot before we go no, how can i put you on the spot let me think about it umar do you want to eat potato chips you can ask that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. um i don't think i have actually i haven't prepared for that this just shows you what we're not prepared for oh wait my hanky <laughs> <laughs> cool. Sheila, it was a delight chatting with you and I learned a lot and I can't wait for our next uh, conversation. Yeah. Good, good talking to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results. 